Metu Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tahuti in the Egyptian, Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation. This is chapter 15, levels 3 and 4 of the meditation process, beginning at the bottom of page 2. Section level three of the meditation process, stage eight, spheres, sphere two, the two fundamental actions of the mind, thinking versus thought drift. In our normal waking state, on one hand, thoughts are constantly streaming into our sphere of awareness, telling us what is and what is not, or suggesting what to do and what not to do. We call this thought drift or unwilled thought activity. On the other hand, we are always employing our will to select and arrange the, these thoughts into meaningful units or to veto or sanction the suggestions or impulses to act according to our innate sense of logic, conditioning an acquired store of information. We call this thinking or willed thought activity. Although it does not concern us at this point, it is important to note that most people fail to distinguish between the uncritical acceptance of thought drifts and the discrimination, discriminating activity of willed thought activity. Only the latter thinking is proper. Both modes have their problems. It is the uncritical acceptance of thought drifts in the normal waking state that we label irrational and illogical behavior. Willed thought activity, on the other hand, is no better than the information that it takes as its premises. You know the old story, logical but not necessarily true. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how logical the reason is or how pragmatic the information. All items of information are no more than labels, definitions, and descriptions, that is, symbols of objective realities and the realities of themselves. While they are 100% trustworthy for thinking about closed systems with non-variable components, they have a delusory effect on thinking in situations in which the values of the components are subject to change as the relationship between them changes. As a result, the verbal and graphic symbols, which are the foundation of our thought activities, because of their inherent finite nature, cannot cover all aspects of relational eventualities. These relational events are none other than the issues of living itself, economy, economics, spirituality, theoretical sciences, philosophy, psychology, sociology, etc. For the example, what or who is man? Is he a rational animal? Did he ascend from the apes or descend from God? If our thoughts fail to communicate to us the knowledge of reality in a higher realm of life, how then can we arrive at such knowledge? A very important clue can be found in the science of meditation, which has been touted as means to acquiring wisdom. Meditation is a process of making the mind blank, we are told. And this is the goal that we have been seeking through the preceding seven stages. To make the mind blank is to still that the thought process is to still the thought process. Thought 
thoughts that drift in must be ignored and the habitual impulse to exert the will in direction thought activity must be also must be ignored. This leaves us in a state in which we are disinterested spectators to the parade of thoughts, feelings, and physical percepts streaming into the spheres of awareness. Keep up long enough, we arrived at a point where the thought drift process comes to a halt. If we had been ignoring all the thoughts, save one. We transcended and gained full insight into the objective reality that it represents. And if we are ignoring all thoughts, then we would arrive at the point in which all the consciousness could be conscious of, as of being conscious. The former is wisdom and the latter is experience and self, the, the indwelling source of consciousness and intelligence. The meditation at this stage involves going into trance with the Heka of Tahuti, Aung Hung Shring, while visualizing herself as the deity, holding a pen to the blank sheet of paper, but not writing. Keeping the eyes open and directed towards the center of the forehead at the level of the eyebrow to help to keep the attention focused on the meditating meditation objective. Before meditating, you will decide that your meditation objective is to come out of the state of thought, free, waking trance with insight into a particular subject. In the same manner, the people go to sleep with a problem and awaken with a solution without having gone through the logical sequential thought process of the normal waking state. We go into waking trance to still the thought processes and come out of trance with the answers. This is the process of enlightenment or kinsho, as it is called in Zen or Kut, as it is called in the Kemetic tradition. Sages and prophets use it to arrive at their knowledge of reality. It transcends studying, researching, thinking, reasoning, and all the possible forms of using the mind. It is a tapping into the omniscience of the indwelling intelligence, our true self, which is our individuated share in the life of the Supreme Being. Incidentally, all messages from such oracles as the one Ching, Ifa, and the Metu Netter oracle given in this book proceed from this part of our spirit. They are the means of tapping into our indwelling omniscience in lieu of our inability to meet the demands of this stage of meditation, which needless to say will take a great deal of time, patience, and work. Proficiency in this stage of meditation makes the person a living oracle, otherwise known as a sage or a prophet. Level three of the medita meditation process, stage nine, sphere one. In the preceding stage, all thoughts save one. Where were the all thoughts save one were ignored during the meditation process. When one comes out of trance, it induces the expectation of having a revelation is often fulfilled. The meditation at this stage involves going into trance with the heka of Ausar, Ung Ausar Hung. There are no visualizations or expectations. The attention is focused at the area about an inch beneath the navel to follow the breathing. Trakatkam is also employed. 
Eventually, all thoughts and awareness of the body, emotions, and environment fall away, leaving our consciousness conscious of being conscious. This is the direct experience of our true inner self, Ausar. The more we repeat the experience, the more we find ourselves effortlessly detached from the lower part of our being in our day-to-day experience. In other words, we become the mummy, Ausar, decayless, im movable by emotions, etc. Level four of the meditation process, stage 10, zero. This is the subtle continuation of the preceding stage. When we attain to the realization of self at stage nine, our consciousness of being conscious is characterized by the sense of being focused in the center of the consciousness experience. In this stage, the consciousness of being conscious is decentralized, ever expansive, boundless, and diffused. Thus, we realize Patanjali's P-A-T-A-N-J-A-I-J-A-L-I definition of yoga, which is attained from the inhibition of the mental energy matter. Then the seer is cloth in his essential nature. We have pushed our quest to self to its most hidden inner recess, which in the comedic tradition is called Amen and Nu. We have thus become Neb Er Teacher. Summary, the stages of initiation and meditation and social organization. At this point, it should already be clear if it were not yet known, that the principles discussed from chapter seven to the present embody the fundamental requirements that individuals must meet in order to participate harmoniously in society. With varying degrees of spiritual understanding, the so-called puberty rites of African nations were based on the principles of men ab. The becoming of age is not enough. To qualify for citizenship in a traditional African society with its rights to marry, bear arms, to claim ownership of land, etc., the individual must achieve a certain degree of proficiency in the ability to ignore emotional pain, sensual temptation, physical deprivation, etc. He must learn to place the needs of the many above those of the one. He must appreciate the value of accumulated experience through a show of respect for elders and wise men. Regarding people's participation in the government of the traditional African nation, it is important to fully understand the peculiar... It is important to fully understand the peculiar governmental system developed in ancient Africa. The divine kingship central to the system is the concept that it is not the king who leads the people, but the supreme being. Even Western spiritualists who acknowledge that the true self of man is the supreme being have not yet been able to understand this point. The man who will lead the people must be initiated into the ability to serve as a vehicle through which the supreme being and its agencies will govern the people. All leaders must therefore be masters of divine law and priests of the shrines of the deities. I will quote from the life of ancient Egypt by Adolf Ehrman Dover Press, which will prove very enlightening. Quote, on the 14th of the Pau Fee, 
In the 46th year of Rames II, we find the members of the court consisted of Benchikans, the first prophet of Amon, Uysermont, the prophet of Amon, Ram, the prophet of Amon, the prophet of Unifori, of the temple of Mut, 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 the prophet Amen M N of the temple of Chones or Chons, the Holy Father Amen M Apt Apet of the temple of Amon, Am Amon the priest and reader of Amon, any the priest and reader of Amon. The priest Huey in the temple of Amon, the accountant Huey of the court of justice of the town. In this case, therefore, we find nine priests, but one layman, i.e. the permanent scribe of the court who reported the lawsuit. End quote. The author's phrase in this case compares this composition of the court to that of the latter time. In which the court was predominantly made up of laymen, we are we when we compare both periods, we find that the latter corresponds to the beginning of the end of the comedic civilizations. A great deal of the administration of the kingdom had fallen into the hands of the foreign soldiers who had been brought in as mercenaries to the staff that to the staff the standing army of the country. Yet up to the beginning of the 19th dynasty, we find that the courts of the government of the nation are in the hands of the priests, prophets. The reason for this can be deducted from the following quotation from the same book, quote, the laws which guide the king and the courts and their decision are unfortunately unknown to us. Some of them were said to be the divine origin. A deed informs us that the criminal should be condemned to the great punishment of death of which the good gods say do it to him and it expressly states further that this decree of the gods is written in the writings of the divine words diorus probably says truly that he was informed that the sacred books of law had been composed by the thought of god of wisdom end quote here we have it, a book of the writings of divine words, i.e. the Metuneter, which was written by Tehuti for the use of the priests, prophets, and the king in their work of administering justice. Ehrman also states that during the Old Empire, which is the period that best represents Kemetic culture, quote, all the judges belong to one of the six great houses, that is, to one of the great law courts in which the secret words were discussed. At the head of this court of justice stood the chief judge. He would be one of the high priests of the great gods, the second after the king in the court of the palace. All At all ages of Egyptian history, this was the most popular position in the kingdom. The popular idea was that earthly governs and chief judges ought to V on wisdom with their heavenly prototype. He, the chief of the judges, through the words of his mouth, caused brothers to return home in peace. The writings of Thoth were on his tongue, and he suppressed in righteousness the little of the balance. He knew the secrets of everyone. End quote. So, 
What is this book of the writings of Tahuti? Thoth. T-H-O-T-H. Which enabled the chief judge to know the secrets of everyone that contain the secret words that the judges convene to discuss. I verily say to you that it is the Metuneter oracle that I have brought back to the world. Let those in high positions use it to govern the world will be restored to the state of peace and prosperity known. Only in the days of Alsar, let those in low positions use it and they will inherit the staff of the lion. Here ends the reading of chapter 15, levels 3 and 4 of the meditation process, the last four stages.